Hey guys, welcome to the fifth episode of the Learning Podcast. And if you aren't sure, it's simply a show dedicated to learning something new from every guest that comes on this show. And today, I'm very excited to have a very special guest all the way from America or the United States. Both works. Both works, yeah. Okay. Both <laughs> works. Because sometimes I meet Americans and they'll tell me that it's very sensitive. That is true, actually, yeah. So we'll say United States. So it's United States. United, United States. States. So if you have any <laughs> friends from the United States, right, you should say United States instead of America. <laughs> uh, his name is Peter. I met him at a networking session. And if you, and if you think that networking sessions uh, aren't useful, I don't think at all. And it's really the attitude that you bring into such uh, events where you want to genuinely meet new people. And Peter is someone that I quickly clicked very well with. And we just talk about uh, a lot of similarities that we have. And Peter, thanks so much for coming all the way to the <laughs> east of Singapore. Okay? Thanks for having because me. for uh, someone from the United States, I know it's uncommon to go to the heartlands area of uh, Singapore. So welcome to uh, the east of Singapore. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So uh, for those listeners that don't know who you are, right, can you just give a very quick introduction about yourself, who you are, where you come from and what you're currently doing? Yeah, definitely. So um, so my name is Peter. Um, I moved to Singapore uh, about mid-March. Um, came here without a job. Uh, we'll touch on that later. But um, now I got a job here um, with a startup called The Gym Pod. Mm. Uh, we build gyms that are inside of uh, containers, essentially. Uh, we, we have everything automated through a mobile app. And uh, yeah, people can book private sessions through, the, through their phones. They show up to a pod, work out, and then uh, get on with their day. So uh, if you had to move back, right, could you just tell me the story of how you decided to come to Singapore of all places in the world, right? Why would you come to this little tiny island? <laughs> like compared, because I think people like us or like people in my generation will at least think that or at least I have a lot of friends mm. that see the American dream okay wait the United, dream, United States dream or the American, the American dream American dream yes uh, like I have many friends that wants to go to America to work like many of my friends go to Silicon Valley and all that kind mm-hmm. of uh, allure that America brings so what brings you from the United States to Singapore yeah and it's kind of funny um, it's uh, it's such a long winded complicated answer and that I think um, so like I, I touched upon, I moved to Singapore in March, um, but I made that decision probably around November, December of last year. So that three, four month period up to coming to Singapore, um, I had all my friends back home basically ask me the same question, you know, why Singapore? Um, and then when I got here in, in, in March, um, everyone I met in Singapore, oh, why Singapore? And so, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm I, sure it's the question you get a lot, right? All the time, yeah, all yeah. the time. And I, as, as I kept getting it, I had to kind of tailor it depending on, you know, what, what the situation was because one, I didn't know if there was enough time to actually go through the whole thing. And yeah. two, I don't know if the people who were asking actually cared about the, yeah. <laughs> the real answer, right? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, like, um, I'll, give you the, I'll give you the full one. So um, it was really like a perfect storm of all these different factors um, going on in my life at the moment. So, so on the personal side, um, my older brother actually, he had uh, quit his job and been backpacking around Asia for probably wow. about a year and a half, two, okay. something like that. Um, and so... You know, he's just traveling the world, um, meeting people in all these various countries, just living it up, exploring. Um, and I was super jealous and envious, man. I wanted to do that. I, I've always had uh, a bit of a travel bug myself. Um, you know, obviously, we, we both did um, an exchange program at, at Tsinghua Daswe. Oh, Beijing. yes. Both of us actually yes. did an exchange <laughs> at Tsinghua in Beijing. So yes. I thought that was a very big coincidence. Yeah, yeah. just different time frames. Yeah. Um, but yeah, since then, did a lot of traveling in mainland China itself and, and um, you know, briefly through the rest of Southeast Asia. And up until the, de- the time I made the decision to move to Singapore, mm. that six month period was like truly the best, the best time of my life. Mm. So since then, I've always wanted to, 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 to go back to Asia at some point and explore a little bit. Mm. Um, on the side, personally, I was also, uh, I, was, I was actually dating a girl, right? Mm. Um, in China? No, 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 oh. she, we're, we're from the bo- both the same like hometown. Oh, in, in okay, this is good, Virginia. Um, but, uh, we were kind of at different phases of our lives, actually. You know, I, I'd been working for a couple of years. She was still fi- finishing up school. Mm. Um, and I think I kind of maybe unfairly put some pressure on her because I was always saying like, hey, I want to get out of here. I want to do these crazy things. Like I'm sending her links to go work on an avocado farm in Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, raise dogs in Australia. Okay. Just like, dude. So that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Find, I was just finding ways to not work. I just wanted to have fun. And oh, okay. Um, and I think, you know, that probably put some, some pressure on her. Mm. And, uh, you know, it didn't work out and she was you know she basically was like i want you to like you know explore do this thing so we went our separate ways mm. and at that point i was like okay like i, I really had the freedom to mm. to look around go to asia and do what i want um so that's all happening on on the personal side mm. and then professionally um i had been working in corporate america for about two and a half years 
Um, and it got to the point where, you know, I was doing really well, I was excelling, um, making really good money as well. Um, but I just didn't see any future in that, in that position for me. Um, and I basically said, you know, I'm not seeing any sort of correlation between all the hours I'm putting in and like, what, what is the end result of all I'm doing? I, I don't have any connection to, to what I'm doing. Mm. Um, so I quit. So there was the, you're finding a, oh, what, what do you mean connection with the kind of work they're doing in terms of satisfaction that your work brings? Would you be able to share a little bit more specifics about the work that you did? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, so I was working for a company called Freddie Mac. I'm not sure how you're familiar with, uh, with the secondary <laughs> mortgage market. Oh. Yeah, so, so it's kind of funny. Um, coming, coming out of school, um, I got kind of trapped in the typical, um, I don't even know what you called. I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say a trap. Some people, some people, it's okay. For I would it. say okay. <laughs> the word trap might be a different perspective. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Uh, the journey that most people go through. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, but essentially, I was you know coming up the last couple of months before graduation, um, didn't have a job, and so I was kind of panicking. I'm like, I need to make as much money as possible. I need to get a job because everyone else is doing it. Um, you know, how am I going to get hired? And so for a couple months, I'm applying to all these different companies every single day. Mm. Most of the time, no one answered me. Mm. Um, and eventually I ended up getting one job interview mm. and uh, I did awful in the interview. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking, I'm, okay. I'm a worthless job interviewer, but okay. um, you know, was lucky enough to have a manager who took a chance on me. Mm. Um, and I, I came in, got hired um, you know, fresh out of school. Mm. But in terms of uh, the job itself, um, I had no idea what this company did and why they why their work mattered. So when it comes to applying your resumes, you it's more of a numbers game to just get whatever that's offered to you rather than being clear on what you wanted. But Absolutely. at that point of time, would it did you know exactly what you wanted to do or like looking around your social circle? Did, was everyone just in the red race of I need to get a job? Any job will do. So that's that, exactly that, what it is was. that a kind of mentality in America? Because I think. Actually, it's the same in Singapore. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. the same in Singapore. It is. And, it yeah. is. There's a, I, I felt a lot of pressure because I saw like all my peers getting these really great job offers. Okay. Like big um, companies. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. And I was like, <laughs> I, I need to get a job. And yeah. so um, fortunately, this was the only one that gave me an offer. So I yeah, just okay. took it. Right. Okay. Um, but anyways, it was, a, it was a general just business analyst position. Mm. Um, Freddie Mac, um, they're in the secondary mortgage market. Mm. They they buy loans from banks and they resell them as, as securities, right? Okay. To provide liquidity in the market. Mm. Um, if you asked me that when I, when I first came in as a, as a new hire, I, I would have no idea what that was okay, okay. at all. Uh, I still, I, you, I probably still don't have great knowledge about it, but okay. you know, roughly. Better context than most of us. Yeah, here. yeah, right, right. So when it comes to like the working relationship with your boss, your manager, like mm. how is he, I mean, how, like what are the kind of, uh, traits that would you look in a desirable job let's say i mean not to put you in a spot like mm. your boss at gym port or whatever but at least so you're talking about the kind of work that you wanted to have, have a connection with and you mm -hmm. felt that you didn't have a connection with uh, with the, the job that you had in america like so um what's the difference from the job that you have right now compared to uh, or at least yeah for sure for america. sure so, so for me, because I didn't know much about the actual industry that my company was in, um, I took um, my job from day to day as just like a personal challenge to just, just do my best, right? Um, you know, obviously my team was uh, a very small part of a huge ecosystem. Mm. And so I would just find little, you know, business process problems to solve. Like how can we do things faster, more efficient, just make life easier for my team and like uh, the, the other teams that we interact with. Mm. Uh, but at the end of the day, I still had no idea whether Freddie Mac was, you know, buying uh, uh, more loans than Fannie Mae. And that's oh. that's probably more detail than you guys okay, do. Okay. But regardless, um, you know, I, I was just taking day by day personal challenges, trying to improve mm. my skill set and make everyone's lives around me mm. better. Mm. Um, I had basically um, done really well my first year. I got a promotion to another another team uh, within Freddie Mac. Mm. And that team actually was uh, a brand new function within the whole entire company. Mm. Um, and so I was given a, a, a lot a, of opportunities. Yeah, and a brand new challenge to, to basically take on and say, hey, we need to get this end result. How do we do it? And because it was a brand new thing, mm. it kind of had that like, you know, startup entrepreneur feel because mm. we could kind of shape our, our vision. So you're addicted to it. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was, uh, it was, it was great. It was, it was really good fun. Mm. Um, and then coming up on a year, that was about the time where I had started to kind of get go through the motions. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't being challenged enough. Mm -hmm. um, and I really was saying like, you know, now I think uh, I have, you know, the skills 
of you know working with others how to um how do we you know just take take one sort of complicated problem mm-hmm. um get the requirements uh work with others and and solve it um and now i wanted to do more than just um improve um business processes within freddie mac i wanted to build something that had a larger impact um on on the world really specifically how did you get a job in gymport were you applying to other companies okay i know i'm asking <laughs> a lot of like multi questions mm. How do you get a job at Gymport relative to like so many other companies in Singapore? Yeah, so it was a uh, it was a bit of an unconventional route. Um, so when I actually um, quit my job, I started a personal blog. Um, by the way, that is hard to keep up with. I don't know how people continuously blog. That's that's a serious commitment of time. But um, yeah, on, on my personal blog, um, I actually created um, a portfolio on the side, um, and I basically mimicked the Gym Pods website. Um, in terms of style and structure oh, um, how do you even find out about gym point in the first place oh that's a good question i actually i actually found them when i was still in the states um i was just kind of surfing on these random um like startup blogs mm. uh, within asia i'm not sure i can't remember which website i found them on but mm. i i saw one article i saw this big bright yellow container uh the concept of automated gyms i'm like wow that's fascinating mm. um and i saw that they i i went to their their job or they didn't have a job portal so i was like okay well i need to find some creative way to do this mm. um but so their website uh, or our website <laughs> at now uh is structured in in three uh reasons why you should use the gym pod basically mm. right um and so i did a lot of research um and then also when i came to singapore i was like talking to customers all this random stuff and i just put all this information together and built a portfolio mm. and i structured it as three reasons why they should hire me to do it <laughs> so you actually have a blog post uh yes yeah yeah, yeah. okay so, i'll be sure to link that up <laughs> that's cool yeah and so so what i actually did was i made it password protected um the password was hire peter for success oh <laughs> my god <laughs> And then I just shot an email off to the team, and I basically said, the "Hey, founder directly." Uh, sure. The whole team. It was only okay. four guys at the time, and okay. one actually ended up um, leaving. But yeah, the, I sent it to the whole team, mm. and basically said, "Hey, I just moved here from Singapore. I think your guys' idea is amazing." Wait, wait, wait! You came to Singapore first without without a job. Without oh a job. my god! Yes. So, oh my gosh! <laughs> you came to Singapore without finding any, but you knew about this company before you yeah. left the United yeah, States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Oh, shit, that's ballsy. That's so ballsy. <laughs> But, uh, so yeah. your plan was to just move to. So I'm guessing that you didn't buy a return flight, or did you? Um, I did not. I did oh, not. so oh, just no, no. actually no. I take it back. Sorry, I did have a return flight because one of my best friends was getting married. Actually. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. But you know, knew that during your time in Singapore, you wanted to find work. Yes, exactly. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So it's like me flying to New York. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no job. I know nothing. I'm just going there. I'm, I'm going to find something. Yeah. Respect, man. Respect. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. So when you came over, you got a reply. We didn't. I got a reply. Yep. Um. And and basically, uh, our our CEO Damien, he basically said, "Yep. Um. You know, I'm interested to hear what you got. Uh, let's meet for coffee." Um. So we met for coffee. Talked for you know an hour, hour and a half, and then um. Okay, was, wait, what do you talk about? Uh. So we went through the portfolio, okay. right? Um. And then he he asked me a few questions, and I gotta admit, some of the questions he asked, I was like, "Oh man, I don't. I have no idea what I'm talking about." <laughs> okay. Um. But he, then he asked me um to do a write a, a guest blog post for them um mm. just because he wanted to see my writing skills and stuff like mm. that. Um. So we ended up coming back like a couple weeks later. We had another couple. Um. We discussed a few questions, like strategic questions, like their their mm. problem statements and stuff like that. Um, and I gotta admit, in the back of my head, I was like, "Man, I'm giving up a lot of information. I don't know if I'm even gonna get hired." <laughs> like, yeah, this, yeah, this is kind of yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after a few coffee sessions, he eventually said, "Yeah, I think so we want to." So technically, you worked for free. That's exactly right. Like, how how long was this period where you met him for coffee until the time where he said, "So he was, we're gonna hire you." He was doing a bit of traveling, um, so I I want to say it was probably about. Maybe three, four weeks. Oh, three or four weeks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you're just roaming around. Yes. <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I mean, your boss, my city, but like, did you have a backup plan or was it no. like you? Oh, you didn't have a backup, no backup plan. plan. So, but that you knew that you really wanted to work at Gpop because yeah, I put I put in a lot of time and investment. In it. Um, what's kind of funny is, uh, when I was leaving my company in the states, people were asking me, "Well, what's your plan?" And this is about the exact time I found them online. 
And I, I didn't want to like say too much and commit to it. So I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm just researching a bunch of startups and, you know, hopefully it works out. I just want to find a job at a startup. But in reality, I found the gym pod and I was like, if this doesn't work, I have no idea what I'm going to do. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, I did all the research online. I talked to all the customers when I got here in Singapore, put that portfolio together mm-hmm. and I was like pot committed. Okay. Um, so if it didn't work out, I have no idea what I would have done. So. Do you believe in working for free? Mm. Like for yourself, you definitely did free work for about two to four weeks. Like I know at least many of my friends, right? At least, I mean, there's always very polarizing opinions available about mm. it. Some people would think that doing free work is getting a foot into the door. Yeah. But some say that it's just not respecting the work that you do. So, yeah, what was your opinion <laughs> on free work? I'm just uh, asking. I, I, actually, my friends had asked me too. They were like, you know, if... Would would you would you take the position like a full time position if it was still for free, mm. and for free? Okay. Yeah, I I think at that time I was still so like eager to get onto the team. I was like, yeah, I think I would do it. Mm. Um, I think in retrospect, I'm not I'm not quite sure. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, I think I think that period though where we met for a few weeks and I was you know giving giving my ideas and I wasn't getting you know paid for it I was okay with that just because I was making such a drastic change in my career mm-hmm. you know before I'm sitting in office for two and a half years no experience in how, how a startup really operates mm-hmm. and in particular this particular industry like a, a fitness and tech startup mm-hmm. I have no idea like no no experience right and so for me it was really just like how can I show this team that I can add value um, and and hopefully get the job and, and I did so <laughs> it worked out. Wow, this is a crazy story. Okay. So maybe, maybe sometime in my career I should do that. Okay. Yeah, you should try. Or do you think it's like or do you think that such decisions is only a young man's game? Like you can only really do it. At least I, I do think so. Like it's a point of time where at least for me I I don't have a family. I don't have a lot oh, okay, of okay, uh, okay. baggage to carry. Mm. But yeah, do you think it's a young man's game? Okay, I, it's difficult for us to speak because I know that there are people in their thirties, their forties. Sure. I I really don't think that's possible. But sure, sure. yeah, do you think it's only a young man's game? In uh, terms, of, it, game in terms of age, I I really don't. I'm not I'm not quite sure. But I, I will say what the reason I'm so comfortable with it, and you know, people people always say, "Wow, you're really brave," and there was a huge risk, and 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 it definitely was. But at the same time, I was living at home in the states. Um, and making good money and so mm. really the only time I was spending money mm. um, is for like gas on my car and if mm. I went out for like food and drinks with my friends on the weekends um, but you know I wasn't I wasn't paying rent mm. um, I didn't really like to splurge on like super expensive things mm. um, so I'm really I'm, I'm pocketing a lot of money so when I came here to Singapore you know I had I, ha- I, I had, had savings a and sizable I, amount of savings yeah so I could I could experiment I could afford to experiment essentially mm. um, so I, I will you know put that caveat out there <laughs> That's cool. Okay, okay. Okay, recently I watched a video about goal setting and it's something that I've been fascinated by. Mm. So if I were to ask you one year from now, right, what would be the things that happened to you that would make it the best year of your life? Mm. So on the top of your mind, like could you just give me a few things that you feel that you want to make happen that would make it the best year of your life in the following year? Yeah, um, well actually, I'll, I'm going to answer this in two parts. Um, I think at a very macro level, um, with the gym pod, I want to see us um, successfully start expanding overseas. Mm. Um, and um, for my own brand, Green Guards, I just want to get grow the brand as much as possible, mm. um, start making sales, and um, really making a difference in the environment in terms of cleaning up the plastic and the rubber that we're using to make the product. Mm. That being said, um, have you read the book, uh, The Startup of You? No, I haven't. Do you know about it? No, I don't. Okay. The startup of you. The startup of you. Okay. So it's it's written by uh, Reed Hoffman, the okay. the founder of. Uh, Can LinkedIn. you give me a book summary? Yeah. Oh well, it, because he's such like a like a serial entrepreneur, right? He's he's experienced in Silicon Valley and how s- successful startups operate, and he basically takes all of those principles, mm-hmm. but says your own life and your own career should be treated as a startup essentially. So how do you take those sort of principles and apply them to your own personal life. Bam! So what are the principles are you applying to so, your life? So w- one thing that kind of stuck with me, and I don't, I don't remember the exact mechanics of the language, but he was basically saying like um, a, f- a one-year plan, a five-year plan, and a ten-year plan in a startup is essentially meaningless, right? Meaningless. Because yeah, things, all meaningless. things change so, so quickly. Um, you know, I touched upon how we meet with the gym pod, you know, we'll talk on our Thursdays and then we'll meet the next Thursday and things have completely changed. We have to, you know, change our plans. Mm. 
And so since I read that, I, I was kind of like, yeah, I think it is kind of meaningless to start making five-year, 10-year plans. Mm-hmm. One year is a little bit smaller, so I'm okay with you know making a basic goal for that. Okay. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I really truly take everything day by day now, as, uh, like with the gym pod and with my own, starting my own business, mm-hmm. because things happen so quickly. Um, I find that if I try to set these expectations further out the road, um, it kind of sets me up for anxiety and disappointment. Okay. Yeah. What other books are you reading right now? Books I'm reading right now. So I'm actually trying to learn Mandarin. Oh. Um, I uh, I have one book um, that they they teach you reading characters, mm. but they do it in a way where they they show like a picture and a story behind the character. Mm. Um, and I, uh, can you read Chinese well? Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. Not well, but <laughs> I. I I did my A levels Cambridge examinations in okay, Chinese, okay. but if there's one thing that you need to know about Singaporeans is that um, our Chinese is quite bad. Yeah, yeah our Chinese <laughs> is really really bad. As I've, as I've been hearing, yeah. But basically, what like um, what the book explains is you need to n- understand a basic core of characters. Mm. If you understand those, then they become composite characters of other things. Mm. And so, if you learn the stories of those basic characters. Those stories can connect, and you just you're just basically reading in pictures. So when you learn new characters, it all makes sense because the fundamentals. Because of the story behind it, yeah, yeah. Um, what is the book that changed your life? The book or that is there even a book that changed your life? Mm. Or at least, what are the kind of books that you have read that felt that wow? That there's so much. What's the best book in your opinion? I mean, from your perspective, so that you recommend to someone? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So the two that stick out, um, one would be the startup of you, I would say. Um, well, another concept I'll just quickly touch on uh, that he, he um, discusses yes. is the concept of being in permanent beta. So in startup you know, the world, you know, you're, you're doing beta testing and you're always you know, experimenting little things and kind of putting yourself out of your comfort zone. Mm. Um, and he said, you know, you should always do that with your personal life as well. Mm. And I think wow. that I actually read that after I made the decision to move to Singapore and that kind of validated my decision. I was like, OK, I think I'm oh. doing the right thing here. So that was kind of cool. That, uh, nice. <laughs> I would say the book that really has blown my mind um, the past few months has been Sapiens. Sapiens. Yeah, do you know that one? By who? Um, who I'm going to butcher his name, man. Let me Google Okay, yeah, you okay. can do a quick okay, Google. Yeah. Okay. So Sapiens is written by uh, Yuval Harari. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, but it's, uh, it is truly one of the most mind-blowing books I've ever read. Um, it goes into the, like, the scientific history of like planet earth like how humans even came to exist mm. um how we transitioned from like cavemen to hunter gatherers and then from there just like how we are now mm. um how technology has changed our lives so rapidly and then it kind of gets a little bit dark and says like how our development is going to basically be the end of us pretty soon here mm. um sounds so morbid <laughs> it, does, is, it doesn't it, have a happy ending mm, that's what it a, just gives us thought to think about it just makes you think there's a, a there's there's a second uh second part of it called uh deus i believe but i haven't, I haven't read that yet mm. um but i i've i've recently just gotten into um just i don't i don't even know how to describe it like you just need to read it like uh okay, as okay. i as i travel everyone knows about this book and okay. everyone has a little bit of uh a different spin on it of like what they take away from it mm. uh, but for me it's just like a, an appreciation of like how small we are as individuals um, yeah, like we, are very, we are insignificant <laughs> beings on this earth trying to make our mark <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's a it's a mind-blowing book yeah, right. so fast forward to your time in singapore could mm. you share more about the work that you do at gym pod right now yeah definitely definitely uh-huh. so so the gym pod when i first joined um we had we have four pods here in singapore mm. um now uh where we're looking to expanding overseas, hopefully. Um, we're also just trying to find ways to um, uh, you know, provide more value for customers, right? Um, our mission statement is basically to provide the, the tools, the space, and the foundational knowledge to make fit- fitness accessible for everyone. So for right. those listeners out there, if you aren't sure what gym pod is, right, it's basically a makeshift pod, a very small gym located in convenient places for people to go to. So it will no longer be an excuse for you not to work out anymore. Is yes. that right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so, so I'm, I'm, I'm actively finding ways to, um, you know, expand more pods within Singapore, mm. make them um, go viral in, in the rest of Southeast Asia and hopefully the world. Mm. Um, and I think what's really cool is um, we're, we're now taking 
technology and trying to find ways to implement that into the pod and into our app themselves mm. to really transform the way people think about fitness. Mm. Um, I obviously don't want to go into details because it's probably you know our, our IP, okay. but okay, okay. Um, <laughs> like I, I get I get giddy when I sit down with my boss and we kind of strategize for the for the next few months here. Mm. Uh, it's very because, exciting. Yeah, right? it's like it's like I, I would have never thought that you could take you know the concept of working out and 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 make it like this. Um, so it's it's really transforming everyone's current day lives um, and thinking about how it's going to be in the future. Can you talk about the process of your relationship with your founder? Uh, because I know that at least Gymport is a very Instagram. small company, right? Mm. So like, what are the working dynamics between you guys which you really enjoy a lot? Or if not, if you if are willing to share, not enjoy so much. But it depends on how you phrase it or it's a perspective that you share. Yeah, I think um, it, it's it's totally different than what I'm used to back in the States. Um, so the gym pod, it's only four of us as a team. Um, and so um, you have the founder, obviously. Um, my title is business development executive. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of the expansion work and you know doing strategic partnerships. Uh, we have our CMO and then our CTO. Um, but because, you know, there's only four of us and there's so much work to do, we really all kind of help with, with everything. Um, what I really enjoy is the autonomy I've been given. Um, so basically the structure that we have is we only meet as a team in person uh, once a week. <laughs> so every, every once a week, yeah, once a week, every Thursday we'll meet in person. We'll have, you know, an hour to two hour long meeting strategize. But we have like a dashboard that we review our goals and ev everyone is kind of in charge of a few different swim lanes, but we basically give our reports. Um, and then we, you know, we chat in that, that meeting on Thursday. And then from there, um, it's up to us to accomplish what we need to do. Um, so we, there's weekly check-ins. Um, we obviously have a, a WhatsApp chat where we, you know, check in whenever when, something critical happens. Um, but I've been given a lot of freedom to 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 do what I need to do, uh, which is which is really fun. But I think the the single most thing that I actually um, enjoy and get a lot of thrill out of is our agility. Um, and when I say that, like uh, in these meetings, sometimes we'll have a, a certain task that we have to to accomplish. And um, the next week we'll come back and we'll basically say, this isn't working at all. Okay. And so we'll, we'll just have like a quick brainstorm. It's like, how can we change this business plan or this strategy? Mm. And we'll strategize together for another 10, 15 minutes and then we just move on it. Okay. And then we'll try it. If it works, then, we, then we're golden. So you guys don't dwell on something that no. doesn't work. Decision making is very, very fast. It's very fast. And it's something that you really like. Yeah, and it's like the four of us, we always, we, we have no, you know, fear really to, to speak our minds like we're, we'll always basically express like hey I think we should try this or I don't know if that's going to work mm. um, and there's no hard feelings between the four of us because we all have a common vision of how this gym pod can be successful mm. and that's our end goal right um, I know like my experience in corporate America yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean relative to the autonomy and the, yeah, relative to the autonomy that you have like how, how did it compare to so so in my previous job I did have a lot of autonomy like I mentioned you know we're, it was a brand new team so I was get, still given some freedom to kind of like figure things out in a sense but um, you know whenever there's a big decision to be made you know I'm I'm coming out of college I'm the little guy mm. there's a lot of bureaucracy to go through there's okay. meetings and after this meeting it's okay now let's schedule this other meeting with these other people mm. to approve what we just approved in the last meeting and it's, so it's a lot of it, yeah like. yeah and so the the speed that we can make decisions um, with the gym pod mm. um, and execute has been amazing um, that's that's been something that I've like really really enjoyed okay it sounds like you're having a lot of fun yes I, I, I think it's very exciting <laughs> can you just share more about your perspective as a young American in Singapore like what do you think about Singaporeans in general I know most of my audience at least or at least most of my uh, connections that I have right are all Singaporeans like what is your general take on Singaporeans like anything that disturbs you anything that fascinates you anything that <laughs> like you're just interested by uh, I wouldn't say anything disturbs me. Um, Are you sure? Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, okay. No, so I think what's different, um, my, my journey as an expat or whatever is a little bit different than most others. I, I find that um, when some people move to, to other countries, they typically try to, or not try, but they just naturally kind of Stay move into their own click. click. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I actually made it my mission when I came here to Singapore to not try to just, you know, go towards Stay the expat Americans. community. Oh. I wanted to, you know, make friends with local oh. Singaporeans and, you know. Yeah, that's why we're here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's been good fun. It's, like it, it's just uh, it's just another experience to uh, to learn about how you guys have grown up. And um, I've been learning a little bit of Singlish here and there. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, 
I wouldn't say that nothing has been too drastic. I mean, it's uh, it's just been you know just fun making new What's friends. What's the one thing? Uh, are you still not used to in Singapore? Still not used to in Singapore. I don't think anything, man. Okay, no, no, yeah. No. I think I've adapted quite quite easily. Okay. Um, I, you know, it's a it's a very clean, efficient city. The mm. first language is still English, so mm. um, yeah. Then I, I've been smooth sailing since I came here. Okay, another random question. What do you learn this week? What did I learn this week? More patience, man. Patience. Um, patience in the work that you do, like the kind of goals that you're trying to fulfill, or. <sighs> I'm not sure. It's like. Patience resonates to me because, like, this podcast, right? I need mm. patience, man. I, I feel. How so? Um, like, sometimes I have friends that tell me that, oh, it isn't going to work, and I've only done it for a couple of times. But right now, I'm just giving myself the KPI, the key performance indicator of just putting out, f- doing 50 of this mm-hmm. before I even think about any. Any any other thoughts of it? So I just need to improve my craft at doing this podcast. So okay. doing something like this, or at least gathering or, or an audience, you need you need patience, uh. So I don't want to think about like the opinions of others that much, but I'm just gonna do it first. And I was I was it. actually gonna ask you that next. Actually, I want to flip that on you. Yeah, like, yeah. like so, so I've obviously been reading some of the comments on LinkedIn, right? Yeah, and I yeah. think I think there's been some really good reception there's also been some people who are kind of questioning what you're doing here right yeah does that give you anxiety at all or like you know does that make you question what you're doing or you're you're very set on just moving forward with it recently i read this book called the courage to be disliked i'm still i'm still reading it okay so it talks about how one shouldn't be too affected by what other people says Mm -hmm. because in all honesty they don't have a full context of what i'm doing in my life Mm -hmm. but at least from the various sources that I absorb, the various type of content that I absorb. I'm a very big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk. And one thing, if you know that, one thing that he talks about is basically not giving a shit about what other people uh, thinks about what you do. Yeah. So, but I know that I want to improve my craft in terms of asking good questions and listening well. Because, I mean, if you were to ask questions and listen well, technically it could be transferable to all aspects of your lives whether it's communication relationships working with your boss and everything so mm-hmm. uh, that's one thing that's a, from a very selfish perspective this is a very self honestly this is a very selfish uh, pursuit of sure. improving yeah, yeah. improving but uh, but how i see comments on linkedin I, I see more of a fascinating perspective like for them to to even take the action of uh commenting because i i have a youtube channel as well linked up <laughs> but I, I receive like very very co- funny comments but i see it more in a good light and as Gary Vaynerchuk says, feedbacks are simply, uh, I mean, sorry, comments are simply feedbacks from the market. And right. the market meaning the macro market because like the, the reach on LinkedIn is crazy right now. Mm-hmm. And the kind of content that I put on YouTube, right? Every single video I put on YouTube is such, I, I, I do SEO for it. Mm-hmm. It's not merely me posting content for this, just, just for fun, but it's more of an exercise for me. How can I own this particular keyword on YouTube? So mm-hmm. some keywords I own on YouTube are NUS Business, NUS Business School, anything to do with NUS Business School. If you aren't sure, NUS <laughs> is the National <laughs> University of Singapore. So anything about NUS Business School, right, I own all the keywords. Okay. Imagine if you had a business that says uh, gym equipment, and if your video pops up to be the first video, that's a very powerful business yeah, too, but absolutely. that's another uh, interest of mine in pursuing SEO and doing YouTube but just putting out content just putting content out there in general just forces myself to be in a routine of being used to people commenting saying good stuff or bad stuff about it mm. but the reality is I mean I'll be very honest up front right whenever I post a video on LinkedIn right I'm always like oh shit you're a little nervous like, no it's not even nervous like I feel that it isn't a polished enough work okay. and maybe it just set, it's a standard set by my own, own ego mm. but I just do it nonetheless yeah, yeah, yeah. and technically right I'm just following what Gary Vaynerchuk is saying just content 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 content, content, content <laughs> and just putting your content out there to yeah. see how it does and don't right. let your personal ego be the judgement of how good a particular content mm. is and yeah I just sometimes when I because this was a conversation that I had with my friend about mentorship or about books in general. Uh, the guest I had on my first podcast, he was reading this book called The Second Mountain. Mm-hmm. And basically what this book talks about is that there are only two mountains that we climb in life. The first mountain being career, uh, wealth, and uh, well, career and wealth, the money. The second thing is about relation. The second mountain that we climb is uh, relationships, okay. uh, values that we have 
family, all, all this kind of stuff. And the book generally summarizes that for you to be truly happy in life, right? Go for the second mountain. Mm. Okay, the first mountain is not worth climbing for. And this book is written by someone who has like 40 years of life experience. And when I asked him, when I asked him the question of, I know this is going full circle, this discussion, but when yeah. I asked him whether he was going to follow this book, he said he isn't going to follow this book. Then it's like, isn't that <laughs> ironic? Is it, is it our own ego not believing that this book will work? So that goes back to the why I'm doing what Gary Vaynerchuk is saying. So I'm going to put my ego aside or whatever thoughts I have aside because I'll think that people like Gary Vaynerchuk, oh my God, I feel like a freaking guy. <laughs> I would think that people like Gary Vaynerchuk, right, is relatively successful to who who I am. I am literally no one. So mm. for a brief moment in time, or at least for the first 50 episodes that I'm doing this podcast for, I'm just going to follow what he says and ah, I'll just see the results from there. So right now, I'm just putting my ego aside and just following what the book says. Hmm. Yeah. So that's the reason why I'm doing this podcast. Sorry, I didn't even know what, where, where the question was going. Already, no, it's okay, it's okay. How do I feel about comments? Comments are simply feedback from the market. So you something that I really appreciate a lot. Okay, now, okay. I'm very grateful to anyone who even takes the time to uh, type a comment. I've been receiving a lot of messages on Telegram. And honestly, there's a lot of people who are really willing to be on, on this podcast, which really flatters me a lot because yeah, yeah. I'm only starting out in my journey of doing this. And I know that's something I'm very excited by. It's something that, that excites me every time I end work. So my goal is to... Every weekend, I just film. Uh, I just film a single podcast ses- uh, session. And if you haven't watched uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, content distribution model, right? It's fe- essentially you record a long form piece of content and you then break it down, chop it up, into, yeah. chop, chop it up to to raise awareness on certain things. And that's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. And it excites me every day to mm. be able to go back, uh, go and work at about maybe seven, eight, and at night I'll just be forcing myself <laughs> to post something on LinkedIn. So it's a challenge that I, I encourage you to do as well to okay. really just post, put yourself out there. Mm. And if you'll be, I'm, not, I'm just rambling on, but if you'll be super critical, right? You might be asking why I'm not, why, why am I not posting on Instagram, Facebook and everything. And the truth is right, I'm afraid of what other people think of me. I am afraid. Yeah, okay. afraid. So, but, uh, okay, the So, the it's problem, a, but so it's a, it sounds like you've done a good job kind of tuning it out on LinkedIn though, right? Um, Would you sort of at least? Yes, I'm forcing myself to be in that pattern. But okay. I'm one thing I must say that the organic reach on LinkedIn is crazy. So what about what about real life though? Mm. Like, um, have you found that anyone in your normal kind of support system is kind of like saying, "Why? What are you doing there? Why are you doing this?" And has that affected you? Not as much, but I'm fascinated why they will ask me such a question because mm-hmm. they the the immediate thing they will ask me is, is are you earning any money from this? Mm-hmm. Are you are you what, do you want to be a pop star? Do you want to be like, <laughs> an influencer? And right. the true answer to this this right at least I can say right the, directly to the camera is that I have no idea <laughs> what I'm doing. Okay, but I know that it's something I want to try. And to be very frank, right, um, one of the goals because I was asking you about goals, I think one of the goals that I set out for myself, right is to build a personal brand mm. and you might then i ask myself why why do i want a personal brand because i want to be able to in the realm of marketing right i think building a personal brand is a testament to whether you're a good marketer mm. to a certain extent of course you might say that oh, building a brand for a company building a brand for uh entity is different from building a personal brand but i would like to take on the challenge of building a personal brand and to be honest, I'm not exactly sure what exactly <laughs> this personal brand of me will be talking about, but right. I just want to share my journey in um, just testing things out, my perspective as a fresh graduate. And again, <laughs> from Gary Vaynerchuk's perspective, um, if, I were to, if I were to claim that I'm a life coach, right, who will listen to me? Mm. And to be honest, I'm not a life coach. I'm still discovering uh, my steps on how to be happy or be happy in what I'm doing. And I can genuinely say, genuinely say to the camera and you and Peter that I really enjoy doing this. I really enjoy forcing ourselves <laughs> to be in such a scenario whereby there are two, there are, there are two microphones, there are three cameras, and there's a laptop here recording what we are saying. And I find it very fascinating and I like doing this. And that's what I know right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to do it for now. I believe I still have time. So yeah, yeah. that's the reason why I'm doing it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not doing this for any uh, short-term financial gains. And... Yeah, so my end goal is that I want to build a personal brand because I think it's a testament to whether you're a good marketer or not. And after all, my career, the job I'm in right now, I'm a performance marketer. So I want to, yeah, I just want to grow. I just want to grow. 
Okay. Yeah, so that's the reason why I'm doing this. Okay, so moving on, right? I know that the thing that excites me personally, right, is working on my own side projects. Like I know mm-hmm. I have a full time job, but the thing that really gives me a lot of energy after working hours, right, is really working on something on the sidelines, whether if it's on weekends or at night. So I know that one side hustle that you have, right, is called Green Guards. Can you just share a little bit more about that? For sure. Um, so green guards are uh, shin guards for for football players, or um, as we say in America, soccer players, right? Um, in Singapore, you guys say both. Actually, I found some people say football, some and people say soccer. In in America, they call it is it rugby? Is it is it the kind where they tackle into each other? That's, that's, Amer- soccer, that's American right? football. So that is that football? No, no, no. Well, okay, football in America or in Singapore? In America. In America, we call it soccer. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, so yes, yes. We no, don't. We don't really. Rugby is not popular in the United States. Okay. At least so green guards is basically it's it's mainly for soccer. Soccer players, okay. yes. And so it's it's the shin guards that you wear under your socks. Mm. Um, I'm manufacturing them out of um, 100% recycled materials, mm. uh, recycled plastic, mm. um, and recycled tire rubber. Um, and we're actually bonding that with an eco-friendly adhesive as well, um, because I'm not. Some people don't know about this, but um, the, the creation of, of glues is actually really bad for the environment as well. Oh, okay. Um, so I've managed to find uh, an adhesive that's eco-friendly I mean, can you tell well. me the story of how you got inspired and driven to mm. do this? Like, where did you get the idea from? Was it a personal problem you had for yourself or something that your friends got? Or like, how do you get this idea? Or, yeah. Sure, sure. So, so I guess background on me is I, I grew up playing soccer my entire life mm. since I was five. Um, you know, played for pretty elite teams growing up, eventually got a soccer scholarship from a university as well. Okay. Um, and so for me, I've always actually wanted to stay connected to the game, um, you know, long after I stopped playing. And I didn't really know how to do that uh, with work because like I said, you know, uh, I was coming out of college, I was like, I just need to get some sort of business analyst role. Um, but so Green Guards is something that I've actually had in the back of my mind for about five, six years, really. Okay. Um, it's something that was just so simple. It's like, you know, shin guards, it's, it's plastic and it's, uh, you know, foam. Like, why can we not just make that out of recycled material? Mm. Um, but I think back then I didn't know enough about, you know, sustainability and like how big the problem of, of plastics actually was. Mm. Um, and I think when I came to Singapore, um, when, I, when I joined the gym pod, uh, I was basically saying, you know, I still want to launch Green Guards, but I think I need to like learn the ropes of, of starting my own business yes. and that sort of thing. Um, and I was going to wait a little bit and I don't know what it was. Something just snapped on my head. I was like, I, it's Needed so simple. Action. I just need to act on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so the, the, the real key behind the story of Green Guards is I want to find ways to use the power of sports mm. and that, that huge platform. To educate more about sustainability, mm. um, because it's it, you start you're starting to see it now with um, with a few athletes, you know, speaking out about climate change and just uh, you know the dangers of using single-use plastics, that sort of thing. Uh, but it's not nearly enough of where it, where it should be. Yeah. And the product of a shin guard itself, I felt um, the amount of you know hundreds of millions of soccer players around the world mm. that need shin guards, you know, by the rules of the game. Mm. Why not take something that simple, that accessible, mm. turn it into something recyclable, and use it as a tool to kind of say spread the awareness exactly about a bigger important issue. Exactly, yeah. I, and I want it to be kind of an entry level sort of thing, just saying like this is how simple it can be. Mm. Um, you know, I think there's a misconception about sustainability that if you want to have uh, you know an impact, you have to be 100% vegan or yeah, you, have, you know you have to like drive electric cars that sort of thing. You don't have to make it that extreme. Exactly, there's smaller steps that you can take, and I think this is a natural one that we can use with with sports okay. that would be powerful. So, what are the current difficulties are you facing? Like, I know when it comes to if you ask me to create a product, I'm like I'm not for. I have no prior knowledge on how to like where do you even source the materials mm. for? Like, have you bought the domains? Like, like, yeah. How how how? What are the difficulties are you facing? It's right a, it's, it's a long process. It's a of very delivering long process. It to the customers, right? Are you manufacturing? You, you you mentioned that you're manufacturing your shin guards in Jakarta or not not China or not not Jakarta. So yeah, so I'll get into that. So it's it's been a it's been a crazy process and it has not been smooth, but it's okay. been a, it's been quite a journey. But a satisfying um, journey, definitely. Yes, yeah. So funnily enough, the the first prototype that I had of these shin guards, um, I was taking plastic bags and ironing them with a clothes iron. Um, if you do it at the right temperature, they slowly melt and they form together. And then when you let it cool, it hardens. And then I was doing that layer by layer. Yourself. Myself. I'm, Shit. <laughs> wow. I, I, was, I was literally collecting plastic bags from random places, okay. cutting it up and just sitting in my condo, just ironing. And I was like, this, I, I wasn't thinking about future production, but uh, yeah, that, that was my first prototype. Okay. 
Um, from there, then I, I was you know showing to people, and they're like, "Wow, that's fascinating!" But you know, what's the what's the padding going to be? And I, I like completely forgot about that. Uh. So, um, the padding itself is coming from um, uh, Central Java in Indonesia. Mm. They're recycling um, the inner tube of rubber tires mm. uh, because uh, a lot of times these tires are just illegally dumped in, in random uh, yeah. junkyards. They, they're like breeding grounds for disease and mosquitoes. Yes, yes. Sometimes people burn them into the atmosphere, which is even worse. Yeah. So we're trying to find creative ways to, to do that. So um, I've, I've worked with a partner who already actually uses the, those tires um, to make jewelry. Um, actually, this, this bracelet is out of uh, tire rubber as well. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Is it from, what, what company is this from? Uh, it's called Pernama. Pernama. Okay, we'll leave a link yeah, in the, we'll the video link. description. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, they, they do a, a bunch of fantastic projects. Mm. Um, so I've partnered with them mm. um, to get to get the rubber that's going to serve as the padding. Mm. Um, as far as the recycled plastic, um, I eventually, after I realized I could no longer iron these plastic bags anymore, right? Mm. Um, I I just by chance found this guy on Fiverr. Do you know about Fiverr? Yeah, Fiverr. Okay, yeah, yeah. The designer um, logo is it? The designer website and everything. They do, every, they do yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, but I came to one specific guy to help make me um, a three D file because um, okay. I was thinking about three D printing at the time. Yeah. Um, but anyways, he created a three D model for me, mm. um, and then he slowly started to take an interest in my project as well. Mm. Um, and he's he's based in Sri Lanka. Mm. And uh, very long story short, um, I'll be now producing the actual, um, he turned that 3D file into a mold for me, mm. and we'll be doing injection molding of recycled plastics in Sri Lanka. Sorry, sorry, oh, sorry. <laughs> What's injection molding in? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, so okay. actually, you know, if you asked me that two months ago, I would have had no idea. Okay. Um, but injection molding is basically, you take um, an aluminum mold, mm. um, so it's whatever your product is, and it's hollow, and then they put aluminum around it. Mm. That connects to a machine that melts plastic, and then it injects it in through a hole. Oh. And then that liquid plastic goes into the mold, it fills it. To be the material for yep. the machine guns. And then once it cools and hardens, then that's your product. Itself. So the manufacturing will be done in Sri Lanka? In Sri Lanka. So I have recycled plastic from Sri Lanka. Mm. I have the recycled rubber from um, Indonesia. Mm. And then I'll be putting those together and then shipping them out. Cool. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, do we have a timeline for this? Or it's yeah, actually, so so the, the website just dropped. It's www.ecogreenguards.com. Mm. Um, so I'm just right now just pushing that out, getting the awareness out because um, that's only been about a few days since it's been launched. Mm. Um, I'm waiting on the materials uh, to actually come to Singapore so I can put it together. Mm. Uh, but I'll be opening up for pre-orders pretty soon here. Mm. Um, and then, do yeah. you plan to have a, like a Kickstarter? Oh, like I don't know. No, right now it's mm. just sold. Just direct to consumer brand. because yeah. I think there's a lot of potential in direct direct mm -hmm. direct to consumer brands. Mm -hmm. Like where your target? Are you going to sell it in the United States first? Or? Yeah, right now I've I've been targeting um, the U.S. and also Singapore as well. Mm. Um, funnily enough, I've been uh, I've been going on Instagram and I I've been DMing all of the uh, yeah. the national soccer uh, national team players in Singapore, mm. just basically saying, hey, I'm making the world's first sustainable shin guard. Do mm. you want to try it out? Mm. Um, How's the response? It feels a bit like the job applications back in the states, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've actually gotten two responses, mm. um, and so we'll we'll see how it goes. If if um, if they if they like the product and they want to try it out, then hopefully I can get some some promo from them as well. School, school but, partnerships and orders. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we're moving on to the ending of our podcast. I know that uh, this is definitely one goal that you're working on. So I just want to give a very ask you a very generic question: like, mm. what other goals are you working on? Because what are, you, what are the goals you have? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that you know, uh, so Green Guards itself is obviously a very niche product with soccer. Mm. Um, I I want I want this to really take off, and if, if the potential is there, then really start merging into um, other sports as well. Mm. Uh, like I said, the the opportunity for sports itself to start using as a as a larger education platform mm. is massive. Um, so I have some things in the background working that hopefully if this product goes well, then I can start, um, you know, reaching out more and, and, and really trying to harness the power of sports to, to educate about sustainability um, and other things as well. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's my larger vision um, for, for Green Guards and myself. Okay. Okay. I know this is uh, to, have a, to have an ending question, right? If you were to talk to yourself when you're 15 years old, <laughs> what kind, I know this is a very like meta question, but what kind of advice would you give? him or her like looking back at how your life has spanned out I mean we are still fresh graduates at the end of the day we mm -hmm. are still very early on in our careers there's so much that you can do but if there's one thing that you can really share with someone when you were 15 years old or like what would you say to him 
just relax, man. Uh, take your time and relax. I think uh, a lot of the decisions that I've made um, the past, you know, five six years, I've really, I've really put a lot of pressure on myself trying to rush things. Mm. You know, whether it was coming to my first job, like I need to get something immediately, mm. um, whether or not I like it or not, I just need to get a job. Mm. And that's not always the case. And and two, I think, um, you know, even with launching Green Guards, I've I've had to learn a lot about myself and patience because not everything is going to revolve around me, right? Yeah. <laughs> I have to work with partners from all these uh, various countries. Um, and I think I always try to move at, you know, 100 million miles an hour or kilometers per hour since yeah. I said before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm not very sure about the miles. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, I, I think uh, when I look back even two weeks ago, the amount of stress I'm under, it's like, it's, it's, it's not always the biggest deal. Just, you know, just yeah, relax a little bit, relax. take your time. Um, and if, it, if it's meant to work out, it'll work out. Okay. <laughs> okay, to wrap up this podcast, is there anything else you'd like to ask, Peter? What's your favorite hawker store? Hawker store. If I were to be very frank, right, I I'm not a very big believer into all those Michelin star. Oh, okay, yeah, I agree. I agree. Whatever. I agree. I agree. Okay. Um, I, I don't buy into that. I'm not <laughs> anyone. Uh, I, but my hypothesis is that the best hawker stores that if you ask every Singaporean, right, will be some store that they live close by to because mm-hmm. they grew up as a child eating from those hawker stores and it's this nostalgic yep. taste that you have the smell the sights the s- sounds that you eat at hawker store that makes it your favorite hawker store so i would say my most favorite hawker store is literally just next to my house okay and, what's and is, is it true like do you what is your what's your favorite place to dine in singapore no i wouldn't say in singapore like in your life my guess going by my hypothesis right it would be that it's somewhere near your house with uh, family Don't it's, 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 it's my mom's cooking oh, of course, my mom, of It's my mom's fire. You okay. know Vietnamese fire, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah But yeah I think that's fair actually Like yeah. even, even in Singapore um, I've only been here You know Six months I guess now And living in where I'm staying now For about Four of it mm. uh, But my favorite hawker stall I think Is just uh a little mala place. Uh, mala, wait, wait! I'm a big fan of mala. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's just next to Boon King Station. Boon King Station Mala. Uh, I don't know the name, but if you text me, I'll send it to you, and uh, we can put it in the description. If okay, okay, we'll put it in the description. <laughs> okay, but I eat mala like three, four times a week, man. Tala, zhongla, xiaola, dala, dala. Come on, oh man. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, okay, you really like spicy food. Tala is a little I was just, I was just in Thailand, man, in Chiang Mai, oh. and we were doing a cooking class, and they were like. Um, you know, how spicy do you want it? It's like everyone. And there's there's a lot of Europeans there and spice is not in European culture. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, just a little spicy. And I'm like, I want it like Thai spicy, like as spicy as possible. Oh. And it still wasn't spicy enough for me, man. So yeah, I, I love spicy food as well. Do you eat dala? Uh, not, not, not as much though. Not okay. as much. So the reason why I like spicy food is that, you know, in, in, a, in a math axis, right? There's a sweet and sour X and Y axis. Mm. Spiciness, right? It's like the exact <laughs> axis, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. it spices up literally your life. <laughs> okay, okay, an analogy to life. But yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess is there anything else you want to wrap up the show with? Um, I I, th- I think that we talked a lot about. Yeah, it was good. Know, it was a good conversation. Good. I think my, my final plug is uh, check out www.ecogreenguards.com. Mm, yeah. Uh, tell your friends about it. Anyone who plays soccer and. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's really find ways that we can use sports to, to educate about sustainability, make okay. a difference. Thanks so much, Peter, <laughs> for making your way to the east of Singapore. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks and for having me. Thanks so much for listening to everyone. If you are interested to get in touch with Peter, I'll leave, I'll leave a link description to his website and yep. his LinkedIn profile and his Instagram handle, social media handles. And yeah, thanks so much for coming, man. Thanks for having me. It was fun. <laughs> Yay!